Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marge. In this segment, we're taking a closer look at those lime-colored bikes we're seeing all around St. Louis. They're part of the Lime Bike Bike Share System and are being joined by Yellow Ofo Bikes, a competing sharing system. We'll learn more about bike sharing, safety issues, and about courtesy between bike riders, auto drivers, and pedestrians. Joining me in studio are Kay Petron, St. Louis Public Radio digital reporter. Taylor March is advocacy and education manager for TrailNet, which promotes biking, walking, and the use of public transportation. Lori Winkler is an injury prevention nurse and Safe Kids St. Louis coordinator at Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. Joining us by phone is Sam Sadel, Director of Strategic Development for the Lime Bike Company. Thank you all so much for being here. Great to have you. Sam, thank you for joining us long distance. Sam, are you? Glad to be here. Good. Let let me begin with you. Uh, Give us some sense, if you would, as to how well the the overall Lime Bike uh, program and system is working. We've been very pleased with how the city of St. Louis has taken to the Lime Bike Network and the system. Uh, we're seeing people across the community riding bikes, everything from uh, college students, high school students, uh, to people in their 40s, 50s, and even even people in their 70s. It's been, frankly, one of our uh, strongest communities, and we've seen very quick uptake across the city. It's been wonderful. And how many cities uh, are these Lime Bikes? Uh, we're in over 60 communities across the country. Do you have uh, any kind of accident history uh, that you've been able to compile in association with the Lime Bikes in, in any or all of these communities? Uh, yes, we keep track of all accidents. Uh, frankly, there have been really quite few. The bikes do not do not go as fast as sort of a, a typical road bike. Uh, there are also heavy bikes, so people tend to ride them in a, in a very safe manner. Uh, also, they're, very, they're bright green, and people see, the, and drivers thankfully see them, and we found for the most part that we have very few accidents. It's really been quite, please, quite good to see. Well, you've also got some bright yellow bikes in our community now. Uh, how is that going to impact what you're doing, do you think? We're excited that uh, we're going to be able to continue to provide service in St. Louis and that the city's taken to it so well. And clearly it's, it's done so well that other, other companies have seen the value of the city, and we look forward. We, we partner with our competitors often on safety and training and parking initiatives, and, and I, I think we'll be able to do so as well in St. Louis. Uh, I have noticed, and it's been pointed out by others, that uh, in your ads on on your Internet site, that you show pictures of happy bike riders on those uh, lime green bikes, but they're not wearing helmets. Yeah, that that is correct. We ask that all of our riders... uh, uh fulfill all the legal obligations of the community. Uh, we can provide helmets, and we're working with on-the-ground partners in St. Louis to do helmet giveaways and bicycle safety education. Uh, but we do not, given the state, the state law, we do not require our riders, adult riders, to utilize helmets. Uh, those under 18 are required to use helmets. Sam, uh, stay with us. I'm going to talk to some of the other folks in the studio as well. Uh, Kay Petron, let me turn to you with regard to the safety issue in the city. What are, you, what are you hearing and what are you seeing with regard to bike riders in general? So in general, people um, are pretty excited about seeing bikes share on the road, but uh, a lot of existing cyclists do have some concerns 
particularly seeing so many new writers on the streets, a lot of sort of established writers aren't sure how the new writers are going to do suddenly hopping on a bike. And do they know how to shift gears if there's uh, multiple gears on the bike? Do they know how to signal correctly and interact with cars? There's some concerns there. Um, I also heard from the uh, director of B-Works, which is a, a St. Louis organization that sort of provides bikes and bike safety training, um, that there are some concerns about whether or not St. Louis's infrastructure can really uh, support having so many more bikes on the roads. There are a lot of roads that do have protected bike lanes, but a lot of other roads have sharrows, uh, so you're mixing cars and bikes right right in same lane, right uh, alongside each other, and um, other streets that just don't have any bike infrastructure and don't even have good sidewalks. Uh, so there's there's a mix of concerns there. Um, other people are pretty optimistic about it and have, have seen that uh, in other cities, getting so many more cyclists has really created a push towards mm-hmm. getting some of these things that St. Louis doesn't have all over the city. We have an email here from Charles along with what you've just said, uh, Kay, writing, I'd say that as long as I'm east of 270, I feel relatively safe. But when I venture into, say, Chesterfield, my comfort of riding in traffic goes away. The streets are not bike-friendly, and occasionally I even encounter someone who's clearly hostile toward a cyclist. So that kind of helps make your point. Lori, let me turn to you. I mean, this issue of safety and wearing of helmets and head injuries is something you're very close to. What do you want to say about that? Um, First and foremost, wearing a bike helmet can reduce the risk of a head injury by about 80%. 80 to 88 percent. So it is significant. And that's a traumatic brain injury, which the cyclist, whether it be an adult or a child, um, they can have some devastating long-term effects from that. Um, As far as adults wearing their helmets, they serve as a role model for their child. And even though these statistics are prevalent, only about 45 percent of children will even wear a helmet. So trying to get that compliancy um, from the child when the adult doesn't wear that helmet is a major, major um, barrier, if you will. I will tell you, at, we were at an event at one point, and the dad came up, and he was insisting that his child get a bike helmet fitted and given to him. And I said, well, where is your helmet? And he said, I don't need one. I have a hard head. And I was like, that's the wrong message that we're, you know, that we're sending to our children. So I do feel that when children see what is expected behavior of their parents or an adult, um, that it's, it's much more, they're much more compliant and less resistant. Do you agree? Yeah, we see that in other countries as well. Um, I know whenever Europe has, has kind of tried to implement more uh, helmets on kids because the mm-hmm. developmental stages with children are very different than adults and there's just a lot more risk involved. Um, the parents play a, a pivotal role in that. Um, I guess to counter that with, with other countries, though, what they found is that there's actually a decrease in overall ridership in, in countries where there's a lot of biking. Um, so trying to kind of weigh those two things back and forth. But certainly for children, helmets are, are something that um, every parent should be encouraging. Sam, is this something that uh, your your company could require um, beyond whatever municipalities uh, might might have rules regarding uh, mandatory helmet wear? Could could Lime Bike make riders wear helmets? 
At the moment, we do not require riders to use helmets, but I should say core to what we work for and partner with communities on is is safe bicycling and is helping people get where they need to go in a safe and effective and efficient manner. And and so we recommend to all of our riders to utilize helmets, and we require those under 18 to to utilize helmets. And this is really at the core of what we do, and and we want to be able to partner to make sure that it's the safest way to get around town. Is, is there, a, by any chance, a liability issue with uh, your company with concern to safety? Uh, we we hold insurance for all of our bicycles, and, and we hope that, and we make sure that we do not see it as a liability issue. But we we do have insurance in case of an accident. Okay, what is what is the uh, the um, requirement here in St. Louis with regard to helmets? Do we have a helmet mandatory helmet law? So no. Um, if you bike far enough out in the region, you might run into one that's, mm. you know, locally or for a small city or municipality that has their own rule. But in general, St. Louis does not have required for helmet adults. laws for adults. Yeah, for those under 18 in the city of St. Louis, yeah. they're required to wear helmets. And what about trail net? What, uh, you, you encourage bicycling, obviously. Yeah. Uh, what about rules of the road and uh, making sure that people know? how to do it uh, safely and, and effectively. Yeah, TrailNet offers a variety of different classes uh, over the course of the year. Most of our classes are focused on um, how to teach adults how to bike safely with traffic. Um, that's kind of been our focus since there's other organizations in the region that do a really great job of um, children's education, B-Works being one of them that was mentioned previously. Um, and, um, you know, teaching people what the actual Missouri laws are uh, is, a, is a huge component of that. A lot of people are not aware of it. Um, when we go do kids' education, you know, an interesting thing to note is that a lot of kids, because we don't have um, education for kids related to driving, the only driver's education that most edu- kids get is through their PE class for walking and biking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sam, do you have, as a company, have rules of the road, per se? Yes, we do. Uh, we When people sign up to our service, we have education modules built into both our app as well as our website for people to learn the rules of the road and where to ride and how to safely ride. And we're partnering with, with TrailNet and others to, to help expand knowledge of those rules throughout the community. And how about disposal of, uh, of the bike once, once the uh, trip is over? As regards to parking, we also yeah, parking, right. work with <laughs> you, you got me confused there with disposal yeah. uh, as, as regards to parking we we have again it's we ask that our riders uh, look at some of our education materials, our parking materials, and that they park appropriately uh, and that means parking out of the right-of-way of both vehicular and pedestrian traffic. That means finding safe locations and bike racks and on, on very wide sidewalks in what's called the furniture zone. It's the space between the roadway and, and where people walk. And so you know, we also, I should say, we supplement that with our team. We've got a team on the ground in St. Louis that drives around all day long, uh, walks around as well, and is picking up bikes and is making sure they're properly parked in the right location so that when you walk out of your home, your office, your gym, wherever it may be, that the bicycle is upright, properly parked, and in the right location. We have some people calling in who want to get into the conversation. Let's bring them in. We'll start with uh, Keith, who is calling from St. Louis. Keith, uh, thank you for waiting. You're on the air. Hey, thank you for having me. I guess my 
what prompted me to call was when I heard concerns from cyclists about these new cyclists being out there. Um, and I just kind of chuckled a little bit. Um, as somebody that used to be a full-time cyclist, my only form of transportation when I was still physically able, um, among the bike community, you know, we were pretty vocal about demanding our rights on the road from, uh, other vehicles. But I also found it interesting. I was involved in three accidents and they all involved other bicyclists not observing the rules of the road, for example, stopping for stop signs. Um, seems to be kind of a double standard there. So anyways, I just kind of wanted to comment. I kind of chuckled that the, uh, the full-time cyclists seem to be concerned about new cyclists. I think it's great for new cyclists. I think it's great for St. Louis to finally, uh, embrace more, uh, sustainable transportation. Tracy, you're nodding in affirmation of that. You want to comment on the comment? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, having more people on the roads is, is a great thing for biking in general. Um, and it's just, um, you know, the, what we've seen in other cities is actually as we see more people on bikes, the safety for everyone, not just those people biking, but also people walking and people driving increases because it kind of works to slow things down. Um, you know, with regards to, to cyclists breaking the law, um, I think we see there's been a couple of national studies done um, that show that cyclists break the law at about the same rate that drivers do. Um, I think any of us that live in the city of St. Louis can can tell you on a daily basis, I, you know, you see somebody that breaks the law in a car, um, whether that's a speeding thing or, or rolling through a stop sign. Um, the The difference from what we've seen looking at different studies is what the intent is. And most of the time, whenever um, people get more experience with biking, there's a perception of, if I do this, then it'll make me safer. If I, if I advance this light a little bit, you know, if I run this light, I can get ahead of traffic, um, which is not the case. I mean, that's, we have education work to do as a part of that. Um, but I think that that's an important thing to note. And Taylor, I think I called you Tracy a moment ago. Forgive me for that. That's all right. <laughs> but thank you for the comment. Okay. And I, yeah, I'd like to add to that that there there was also uh, a 2016 study specifically on bike share safety, and they found uh, one of that one of their theories was that new riders might actually be more safe overall because they are more cautious riders. Yes. Yeah. As, Taylor's as we look at the national system, not just dockless bike sharing, which is what we're talking about with St. Louis, um, there's actually only been two fatalities in the mm-hmm. U.S. Uh, with bike share systems. And I think a lot of that has to do with the new riders being exceptionally cautious. Uh, it's not something that they're used to. They're, they're kind of paying more attention in some cases. Uh, but also the bikes are heavy. They, mm-hmm. They're moving slowly. Um, and that really helps to yeah. to kind of keep things down. And the wider tires as well. Just uh-huh. in general, one mm-hmm. of the big problems for uh, bicyclists besides cars is just the roads and potholes. And um, the, the bikes actually have wider tires, which make it less bad if you go over something that you're not mm-hmm. expecting. Yeah. Um, so there's they they think that they've been observing lower levels of just general injury uh for some of those reasons and the the two systems that have launched in st louis actually have foam filled tires um or some kind of airless tire so that they don't actually puncture which is which is good as well laura this is all music to your ears i'm sure because this is a concern (laughs) that you have is obviously bicycle safety how how often do you see bicycle um accident head injuries 
I don't have the statistics as far as um, the specific injury, but I will tell you that last year at Cardinal Glennon, now this is not representative of all children being injured um, on a bicycle accident, but we saw um, approximately 53 children in our emergency room. What the severity of that injury, I don't have those specific Mm -hmm. statistics um, in front of me. Now, we also saw 42 children that were classified as pedestrians. So there may have been some information lacking as to whether or not they were walking their bike, if they were riding their bike, whatever. Um, But we do see significant traumatic brain injuries. I will tell you that most of our smaller children, those injuries occur not on the roadways. It's in the driveway. Um, More times than not, I've heard parents say, oh, I just let them ride down the driveway. Well, there's an incline on that driveway. Mm -hmm. He, He or she needs a helmet. The other issue that I see are cyclists, new parents that have that young child that they have the the wagon is that what you call that okay we didn't have those, those yeah know, we didn't have those when my son was young um they're not putting helmets on those children's head yeah. they need helmets and we do have you know there are toddler helmets available and and children shouldn't go in those unless they're at least a year old and mm-hmm. able to support the weight of the helmet on their head. Right. Um, that's another thing that we see some is, is parents putting children that are much too young right. in those. And the child, that, that baby, their head is the largest part on their body and their neck muscles are the weakest. So they do need to be able to support that helmet well, on their head. A lot of people think that if you're only falling a couple of feet that it's not likely to be a serious injury, but that's wrong. That is totally inaccurate. Yeah. You can fall from the top of a building and have a less severe injury than falling a couple of feet, you know. Um, Is that the most recommend, you know, is that the most frequent occurring thing? Absolutely not, but it makes no difference. Let's take another call. Nick in Webster Rose wants to join us. Let's bring him in. Nick, you're on the air. Yes, uh, good afternoon. I'm a little surprised that the gentleman from the bike company said that that the contract was approved without requiring um, adults to wear helmets or have access to helmets. And um, it, it's just unbelievable. I, I, I'm highly confused that that would ever go through. And, and the fact that he said he's in 60 communities across the country, and he's probably had this conversation numerous times about the helmets. And it's all part of his advertising, and he just wants people to ride the bike so they can generate more money for their, their app and their bicycle company. Let's get a response from Sam. Go ahead. Well, yes, I, you know, and as I said, we, we absolutely encourage everyone who utilizes line bike uh, across the country to wear a helmet. Uh, you know, there's, when, when we, we're out there, we're out talking to people about safety, about getting people from location to location where they need to go in the most safe and efficient manner possible. And, you know, I, I think when we absolutely encourage everyone to use a helmet and of course in in line with the the laws of the state of missouri require anyone under 18 to wear a helmet as well can i say one more thing yeah sure go ahead i i I feel like i'm talking to a tobacco company i mean this is ridiculous this conversation the research that the the other professional just spoke about is overwhelming the people everybody should be wearing a helmet on these bicycles it's i'm totally flabbergasted you guys are even talking about this Sam, do you want to respond to that, uh, sir? I, I don't know what to say. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I feel that, you know, from as much of the research shows, the more people who are on bikes 
the safer it is to ride a bike, to walk, and the fewer collisions that, that occur. And, and I think that by looking at our system, I think we're contributing positively uh, to the mobility of the city of St. Louis, residents and visitors alike. And, you know, we, would, we'd be, we're, we do a lot of helmet giveaways and work with community groups on safe cycling, on helmet usage. And, and so I'd hope that if the caller is interested, we can provide him with a, with a great helmet and, and we can go forward from there. All right. Well, um, let's move on to something else that I wanted to talk about. We don't have a whole lot of time left, and that's courtesy. You know, I think that uh, I've seen it, I've even experienced it, uh, where there is a certain amount of road rage from time to time Mm -hmm. involving motorists and cyclists. Kay, do you want to take that on? I mean, that is an issue. Well, well, I've experienced that as a cyclist on occasion. Um, I've I've heard from both drivers and cyclists that there's sort of mutual problems with everybody. Um, Cyclists saying that people even threw things out of their car at them, told them to get off the road. Drivers saying that cyclists are just rolling past them at stop signs or red lights without without stopping. Um, Definitely some problems reported from both sides there. Uh, I think you can definitely argue, you know, which which problem is really worse uh, because obviously the, the cars have sort of the more likely to kill another person uh, status in that back and forth. But um, there's definitely some issues on both sides. I I will add something. You know, if people are throwing things out of a vehicle or verbally harassing people on bikes, St. Louis City has an anti-harassment ordinance Mm -hmm. specifically for this purpose. And um, people should feel empowered to call the police if that's the case. Um, in, In regards to how people interact, um, I think, you know, there's certainly a need for courtesy on both sides. Um, But I think that one of the things that we're seeing a shift in nationally, and and we're also trying to get implemented in St. Louis, is a change from kind of the share the road um, signage, which research has shown kind of just empowers each group to believe what they think. Um, people driving think, yeah, those those people biking should get out of the way. And people biking thinks, yeah, I'm trying to share the road with you. Um, and what's more effective is actually signs like they used in Ferguson, which say bikes may use full lane, change lanes to pass. There's also an issue with regard to, to seeing uh, bicyclists, if you will, if you're in a car. Sometimes there is that blind spot or two, which really makes it difficult yeah. and just exacerbates the uh, the situation. I guess it's just training, uh, uh, Taylor, that uh, – that is necessary to make sure that people understand where they should be and yeah, when. We need people who are, are kind of expecting uh, to see people on bikes, and that's one of the reasons that we see as an increase in ridership in cities happens, safety in general happens, because um, the more people on bikes, the more people expect to see people on bikes or expect to see people walking. It's true of any mode. Um, with that as well, though, it, there's there's a certain amount of positioning that can also be taught to people, specifically adults, in terms of where you place yourself on the roadway that can then highlight that visibility. If you're riding at night, you know, you should have lights. Um, you know, wearing retro reflective gear is a good idea. Um, but we also want to make sure that as we highlight those things, those can help make a person more visible, but we're not doing that in a shaming manner. Mm-hmm. And Sam, this is something that uh, you can provide the bikes, but you can't provide these other things that we've just been talking about? Or can you? Well, that's correct. We, we don't provide uh, 
retro reflect any sort of reflective gear. But we do, I should note, all of our bikes are equipped with both front and rear lights that activate whenever you ride the bike. And so I think we think that's very important that having lights on the front and the back does increase visibility of riders, uh, both during the day and, of course, particularly at night. Uh, like many others, we're uh, working at various ways that we can to, to encourage safe cycling and encourage effective and efficient use of the bicycle network. I'm going to try to get one more call in. Let's uh, bring in Sarah. It'll have to be quick, though, Sarah. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to know what efforts are being made to improve infrastructure. Such as? Uh, such as, you know, uh, buffered bike lanes and uh, just making infrastructure safer for uh, line bike riders and all riders and walkers. All right, Sarah, do you have any read on that, Kay? Uh, a little bit. The The sense that I've gotten from the reporting I've done is that in St. Louis City, at least, most infrastructure improvements for cyclists are coming from uh, individual ward budgets. So there's there's not really an overarching city program to be working on these things. Um, so there will be some improvements, but it might only be through, you know, the 22nd wards portion of that road. Um, so that, so some wards are moving towards those improvements and others aren't, and it can be kind of piecemeal throughout the city. Well, I'll have to leave it at that. I think uh, our time is up. Kay Petrin, thank you much for being with us. And Taylor March, thank you from TrailNet for being with us. Laurie Winkler from Cardinal Glennon, thank you. Thank you. And uh, Sam Sadel, thank you for joining us for this program. Archive versions of past St. Louis on the Air programs available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org slash stlonair. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh.